too. <clears throat> now you have committed yourself to what we call sila in Pali, sila or virtue or ethical standard, which are, as some of you probably know, you're all very experienced meditators, some of you already, it's considered the foundation of our meditation practice. We don't go very far, the Buddha says to us, if our sila is not really um, well taken care of. By sila, we mean, um, you know, our speech, our action. Sila is mostly concerned about the speech and action, but speech and action do not manifest if you don't have a mind. So it's not just speech, speech and action, it's just the way the way the mind manifests when you act by body and you act by speech, right? So um, it's actually very useful to be reminded of that because this is what we do all day long in our daily life, isn't it? We're not sitting on a cushion of air 24 hours a day. Most of the time we speak and we act and we interact and we respond by speech and so on. So that's very important. You can see how important this is to be considered. And those precepts, um, I, sometime I go through them one by one, but I think I leave it to you to do that today. You can just actually use the chanting that we have. Sometimes sometime people want to know whether they can read books, and we've decided with the very friendly managers we have here that actually the chanting book will, suffice, will be sufficient for you to know a bit about Dharma. I don't know what you have in your suitcase, but I bet you have probably brought quite a lot of your material with you in case you get bored. <laughs> now be careful. This is, I just want to emphasize that this, you know this already probably better than I do. This is a very special time to have the opportunity to spend 10 days studying the self, studying the mind. It's quite, as you know, it's very special, very, it's a great, treasure in the human life to be able to devote one's time to Dhamma and to be able to realize the Dhamma and to be able to free the heart and the mind and to live a life then that feels much more real and true and beautiful as well, you know. So, but it's a bit of work, doesn't it? It just doesn't happen just like this. It's a training. We call it the mind training, heart training. It's not something that happens overnight. It's something that takes place as you work at it. You work, but it's a particular kind of work. It's not the work that, it's kind of sometimes it's counterintuitive. You know, it's like to go fast, go slowly, <laughs> you know, to, yeah, that kind of teachings that you will get for 10 days. Don't worry, plenty of material. So, don't go too fast. You know that. I'm not sure. I don't need to repeat the same thing. You have heard it many times. But one of the things that I want to, just continuing with the precepts, and then I will let you know something else which I'm really interested in. So um, consider the precepts really um, already now the development of compassion, right? 
just in case you might not know, and I will say that right at the beginning, I might even repeat it at the end, just before you go. Uh, the Buddha has, there is a little sutta in the teaching of the Buddha, which I absolutely love. I used to, I found it quite a number of years ago, and I used to say, this was probably the most Mahayana sutta in the whole Theravada <laughs> scriptures. <laughs> because uh, the Buddha was saying, if you, you know, when you take the five precepts and you have eight, so, you know, you are even more endowed with the power of making a lot of people happy. Eight precepts, but the five precepts, you actually free a numberless number, numberless beings, people, beings, all kind of beings. I don't know, maybe we, that goes into tigers and animals and plants and at least mosquitoes, you never know. We might benefit all the mosquitoes in Thailand and all the elephant here and there in India and who no no and the cats as well and so on. So we don't need to know. It's really important not to worry about that. <laughs> but these five precepts gives to number sort of offer or give to numberless people the freedom from fear, freedom from enmity and freedom from stress. It's actually freedom from dukkha, right? Which can be stress, dukkha, suffering, all the things that are difficult to bear in our life. And so sometimes translated as difficult to bear, something that which is difficult to bear with. And I'm sure you've got plenty of things that you find difficult to bear, just starting maybe with painful knees or not having the right weather, too cold, too hot too hungry, not enough, whatever, something, something that's difficult to bear. And so, but that's not the end of the story. It, here the Buddhas continue by saying, by keeping those, committing oneself to the five precepts, you actually, not only you give other sentient beings this amount of blessings and wonderful kind of uh, blessing, but also you yourself partake of those blessings, from freedom from fear, freedom from enmity or anger, for those foreigners who don't know what enmity means, and freedom from dukkha or stress. Now, we know we don't have to believe what the Buddha says, and he does recommend not to believe him, right? That's why we love, many of us love the Buddhist teaching, because we can really think for ourselves and experiment and explore through our practice the value and the truth and the, the, the actual reality of what he teaches. So, do you like that little sutta? Hmm? I'll give you the, you can read it, I will bring it. It's a small thing, we can even put it on the wall if you get bored in the corridor, you can just look at it. Now, <clears throat> In our retreat, in our retreat here at Amravati, part of the forest tradition, in the Theravada tradition, but the forest school, uh, basically, um, you start practicing now. Whatever is happening now, this is your meditation practice, this is your retreat. Everything that happens during this retreat is part of your meditation. People snoring, people moving when you don't want them to move, the food, maybe you don't like it or you like it, don't get enough, too much, you feel people are selfish, you're so much more generous, uh, 
other people are miserable, you're so much happier, you know, they're so slow in their practice, you also go so much quicker. So all these things that we can, you know, mind can conjure up, don't worry, Mara has no, no, uh, how can I say, she, there's no end to the creativity of Mara, right? That voice in your mind that keeps moving when it doesn't need to move. That voice that keeps popping up when it doesn't need to pop up. Mara is mostly out of sync with reality, so just make sure you listen to it carefully. Right? Never really in sync with what's happening. It's always telling you something else you should be doing. And you will see a lot of that on your cushion. I shouldn't really stay at home because blah, blah, blah. And maybe I should have two weeks retreat instead of 10. Maybe I should go on a one month retreat, I think. That would be more ambitious for me. I could test myself properly. Probably, possibly we're just sitting without moving for 10 days, two weeks, one month. Right? This is the kind of thing that Mara is very good at. He's a perfect master of discontent. Right? You're discontented, just talk to Mara and say, I know you. And Mara just goes straight away. After 10 days, I want you to tell me that it has worked. <laughs> Don't bite into Mara's stories, right? So, <clears throat> I just want to say I'm very happy to be here myself. I'm very glad to um, have you um, for 10 days with me, <laughs> practicing together. And uh, <clears throat> so, accepting everything, right? Everything that takes place in your day, through the day and through the night. Um, you have the joy during this time to really pay close attention to these characteristics, those three characteristics of all phenomena you know, to really uh, carefully observe how things are impermanent, to carefully observe how things do not really belong to you and what does it mean for you. These are just words, don't belong to me. That sounds okay, but we don't know yet. Usually when, when we've seen clearly that things don't belong to us, then we stop suffering, do you understand? If there is suffering, there's still... Uh, you know, it's not you doing it, it's just the way the body-mind conditionings are um, kind of um, constructed in a way, condition, inter-condition. Yeah? So if, it, if you suffer, if there's pain, then something to look at, because it means you are like still something in the program of your mind that thinks it's you, it's mine, I should have control over it, it should not be there. If I really practice carefully, I should not have this. If my mother hadn't sort of sent me to school so early, I would just be able to have more clear sight that my body and mind doesn't belong to me, but now I'm stuck with my mother's memory. So I'm just making fun of these things, you know, but they do happen in so many multifaceted kind of form. Right? If the weather wasn't, you know, English like that, it's better. If it wasn't raining, I probably could concentrate at last and do jhana in, in kind of quiet without telling anybody. <laughs> so, um, 
Do you have any questions? I mean, you've been already talked. People have talked to you for quite a while to explain all the ins and outs of the practicality of living here for 10 days. Are there any, do you have any question for me now? Just like anything you want to know. I only speak English and French. So, and Thai, a bit of Thai. No? Oh, free from doubts. That's great. <laughs> now, in this forest tradition also, there is a particular style. I mean, forest tradition is a large school. So each master of the forest tradition has a slightly different take on things. You know, so don't think there's only one way of looking at things. But um, certainly, Achen Somedo is my teacher, and I have... I love his teaching. I think it's been brilliant teachings, but it's not, you know, it has some side of it that not you don't find necessary in the in the books. It's very it's experience, it's realization, and his process of enlightenment of freeing the his own mind and heart. But I find it extremely helpful for me, and I think it's extremely helpful probably for most of us, in the sense that. Um, to be able to see the mind as, um, you know, not, it's not a problem. You know, in the early days at Chetas, when I lived there with Achen Sumedo and the monks and nuns there, the, the, you know, you never dare even pronouncing the word problem. Because you knew you were frightened just to be told, what an idiot, you know. Of course, nobody will say that. But you got the feeling you were so deluded to think you would have a problem. Now, those of you who have problems, who might be really offended by what I'm doing, saying now, those who are convinced you have problems. Now, remember, you may have a lot of problems in your life, but please, once you come here, drop your life outside. Understand? You can carry on as a memory if you want to. It's your choice. If you want to do that, please go ahead. But it's only a memory, so can you just leave your shoes at the door? I think in the Zen tradition, they, call, they say that, you know, just leave your shoes at the door. Any Zen practitioner here? No, Shomahai, Mutehavana. Well, anyway, they have this expression, which I think is very good. And you have to go into Zen, living truth at the door. You have to say that for people to believe you. Otherwise, they, well, I'm not going to do that. But you say Zen, immediately something can happen. You know, <laughs> it must be really that must be true Zen. <laughs> and I could have another kind of, you know. <laughs> Suzuki said, <laughs> or Dogen, <laughs> no. but you understand. So now you can make an effort, maybe if you have to make an effort, just to not get caught up in your life outside. It will come up anyway. It doesn't need your help. It will come up. It's just the nature of the mind. Once it's relaxed and content, it will bring up all the stuff, all the washing. You know what? The, you know the book of John Confield. Uh, Jack Confield, after the ecstasy, the washing. Yeah, the, what you that? The, uh, huh? The no, it's something after the ecstasy, the the laundry or something like that, right? So um, that's what happened. The mind is really bright and open, and you say, "Oh, that's going to be like this forever. How wonderful!" You don't really know what you're doing here, really. Do you understand? The, the the mind, the conditioned mind, is has its own program. You know, I'm going to happiness and it's going to be there forever. I'm sure. 
And then, of course, you get disappointed because it's a Nietzsche. <laughs> happy moment and then not so happy. So it's really important that you start actually getting used to the um, effect of Anicca. Anicca means you change. It's changing all the time. So if you feel things are moving too fast, you know, you can break, put a break on Anicca. I'm just joking. <laughs> Just kind of calm the mind down. Maybe you want, maybe your eye has said, "I want, I want to let go of so many things. I've got to kind of change. It's got to change faster. It's not changing enough. It's too slow for me." But then, this is one of the the crux of the practice: is that the good news is that you are not in charge. Do you understand? You are not in charge. Awareness is in charge now. Yes, mindfulness, awareness, consciousness, knowing, the seeing mind, the knowing mind, the aware mind, the conscious mind, the mind that nobody can see and try to create a lot of things about. But at least one of the qualities you know, it can show you, it can be a mirror. Huh? You can see yourself, you can see your thought, you can see your feeling, you can see your mood, you can see your body, you can see inside your body, you can see outside, you can see... You know, we can see people with the eyes, but the awareness, when you look inside, you can actually see all this. So this is very important. And I don't, I'm not going to give this title to this retreat, but I really like the spirit of it. I did a retreat two years ago about just Pachupana. Pachupana, you know, people go, all these fancy type themes and title. I said, okay, well, I'm going to go with the flow and fashion, you know, going to have a title for my retreat. And I say, I'm going to give a title that nobody can have any memory about it. <laughs> you know, a title that people have no association with in terms of concept. So I, I, I could have said here and now, it's not so much fun. I mean, Ramdas was talking about it already in the 80s, you know, here and now. This book on, I don't know if you know that generation, I read Ramdas, American Ramdas. Yeah? So Pachupana is actually here and now. You have the future, the past, and Pachupana. Yes? Anarkot and Atit first in Pali. And these are also words that the Thai language use. You know, same, very close to Pali. So, Pachupana. How many of you, I mean, all of us actually, have read many books on Buddhism? We have made, we have done many retreats. We have, I've done tons of retreats. You too, some of you have done lots of retreats. You have read the Buddhist manuals, Buddhist meditation practice books, all these kind of things. You have gone through the Abhidhamma, through the interest in the jhanas, interest in so many things. So basically, you chock a block with knowledge. Okay? You know what to do. Now, the thing that we don't always, we're not always so good at, and it's so boring to say because you're going to lose interest instantly. It's not really exciting enough. I'm going to say it's just being present. <laughs> I did a whole retreat just being present. I'm not going to teach you anything. When you go out in the future, you know. When you go out in the past, you know. Come back. You just keep, you know, it was, it was a tender retreat as well. Just keep coming back. That's all you have to do. And don't worry. When you come back, you are in a, in a realm of awareness and mindfulness. That's when you see things. 
That's when you see anicca. That's when you see dukkha. That's when you see no self. Do you understand? Just that much. We don't need to be conceited about what we know, what we don't know. What the teacher should know and not know. Don't worry about that. We can take care of ourselves. Each one of us can take care of ourselves. But to know, it's a simple task of knowing when you are off into the your own world, okay, and present. That's mindfulness. When you are present, it's in the here now. Understand? Yeah, it's so simple. We forget, don't we? And then after that, I can give you some exercise about what to look at particularly, you know, what to put attention onto and so on. Okay? But if you want to know what to do at any time, am I present? Am I here now? Ask yourself. What's happening now? Who am I now? Maybe you find nobody. So you ask a question again and again. There's nobody responding to you. Right? Who am I? What's, what's, what's happening now? You may be off into, you know, stories about what happened 20 years ago and so. Well, it's nice to know that somebody pointed out it's only a memory. So in the Dharma, we are totally, completely devoted to the here and now. Totally, completely devoted to know that the past is gone and the future has not come. So it's like Ajahn Chah used to say, in the practice, you're neither going forward, you're neither going backward, you're neither standing still. Now this is a good koan, isn't it? Find the answer to this. You might end up enlightened. You never know. But it's just stop your mind, doesn't it? That's what I, stops it. So I'm not trying to be clever with teaching of Ajahn Shah, don't worry, but it is a good, you know, reminder of future, past, now. Like any questions? No? And then, of course, we, we continue with a kind of traditional work that we do in our practice, the mindfulness of breathing or mindful you know, development of your meditation practice at the level of using skillful means and um, means and, you know, and... Uh, tools and so on, you know, that can help you to calm the mind down and also to enable you to be patient with your mind. And maybe I just, I say one more thing because it's a good, it's a good trick, really, it's a good tip. Because um, maybe you know it already, I don't know. But today I had two people coming to me and say, talking about there are difficulties. Maybe I, I am going to backtrack a little bit because I really I've left you dangling with the problem thing, right? Let me backtrack a little bit. There is no problem from from my teacher's point of view. Of course, there's tons of problem, but we live with. You say you train your mind. There is no problem, only opportunities. So, what it means is that wake up, wake up. Wake up, you know. And then you bring your a, a different kind of mind to life, to life, to everything, everything. Going to the loo, having an argument with somebody, uh, you know, thinking about the future, and oh my God, I'm going to end up in a whatever, wherever. 
you know, just wake up. It's hard training. This is a training. Do you understand? This is a training. It's not just uh, floating on a beach somewhere. It's and having you know calm and peaceful mind and sort of feeling great and groovy. That can happen too. But a lot of the thing is like training. It's like you know the mind wants to go somewhere. Training back in the present. The mind is creating a problem. No, no. Hang on a minute. What is that? Who is creating the problem? Who is creating the problem? And when we bring awareness, life changes quite radically, you know. Okay. So, I'm not saying you should not say problem. Don't worry. It's okay to say problem. But start using the word opportunity and challenge instead of problem. It's more exciting. A problem is like a burden. A challenge and an opportunity. You expand your mind. Do you understand? Yes? No? <laughs> Probably you're too tired to to hear all that. <laughs> I'm kind of preparing the ground for tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah, more wake up you are, the more you know you can sleep quite well. Even if you don't sleep, even if you don't, the body it doesn't go to sleep. Don't worry, the mind. If the, the the mind doesn't go to sleep, the body can rest. You know. And then what was the last thing is that the paradoxes of our practice are huge you know and one of the thing is that I was explaining to someone this morning that you know how many people get stuck in this dilemma of thinking that if they have a quote-unquote a problem they have to deal like this I give you the example you know I am terribly impatient I have no patience whatsoever no patient whatsoever. So people think they have to start working on patience, you know, like to become somebody who is patient. Yes, of course, that will be a good idea. It will be a good thing to be more patient. But there is even a more magical way of being patient because it's a transformative way that goes very deep. It's like you can become patient by paying attention to your impatient mind welcome all the situation that makes you impatient that's when you can start letting go of it you understand that's how you begin to clear the the path of this tendency to be impatient that's a real practice okay not the practice of plastering your impatience with the teaching of the Buddha, you know, kind of covering up impatience because maybe we don't know what to do with it. But now you can use all your kilesa, or you know, kilesa, the word kilesa, you know, well, it's Sri Lankan, you're born with the start, you're born after three months, you know about kilesa in Sri Lanka, you know the sutta already. Three years almost. <laughs> Isn't it true? Yes, I know. We're just like beginners, really, us Westerners. But so, do you understand? When you're greedy and you say, I'm so greedy, I'm so horribly greedy, I want to eat all the time. Prefer cakes. If you like me, I'm off cakes at the moment, so don't tempt me too much. <laughs> And so 
do you know what to do? That's a higher training. That's a higher training. I'm giving you a higher training, not just a beginner's training, higher, you know, you're more professional. It's like, be with your greed until it's gone, you know. Don't act on it. That's all. Just, just you know, don't give you a chance to be a re reborn into something. I mean, not for too long, you know, you can have a break, it's a respite. But from time to time, if you really want to let go of greed, you have to feel the greed and see that it's also an itcher. I'm not saying the rest of your life, just a little bit, you know, just sample, you know, in your mind. The same apply applies to everything. That's what the path is about. That's what monks and nuns do here. We're not just sitting on a pink clad cushion levitating on fourth jhana. Sometimes we do have nice concentration, um, you know, nice peaceful mind, right? But a lot of it is actually, um, you know, the clearing, clearing the past is about seeing the mind and not acting on it. Yeah. So it's a bit late to get all these higher teaching. I, I agree. 